Welcome back to the Purple Ace Podcast. This is episode 31. I am one half of your host team, Josh Bass, along with my brother, as always, Jake. Jake, we were at the game together this past weekend. It was a great experience, and um, we got to uh, enjoy one of the biggest wins in recent Pirate history together. Um, how were, How has your week been reeling off of that? I know the week's always a little better after a Pirate victory. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you could say that again. Um, you know, that was – I've been watching EC football for a long time, and I, I think that's the best I've seen this play in like eight years <laughs> at least. So, um, yeah, the, week, the week's been good coming off that. There's a new um, – I don't know. There, there's kind of a new idea uh, around, around campus, I guess, a new uh, feeling, kind of the feeling that we all came into the season and a lot of people thought was lost, but the way we're playing – Recently, I think everyone's bought back in completely. Um, I mean, it, most most people still were, but you know, sitting at five and three, um, a lot of people are really excited about about this football team. Yeah, and it's crazy to say that this team is uh, a team that, and it's not only ECU fans saying it. I mean, people, the sports media in general recognizes that ECU is um, even better than a five and three team. So. Um, and five and three is a solid record. So that's just a testament to where we are as a program. Uh, we were saying it um, last week after the Memphis game and even before the Memphis game that, yeah, you know, we're kind of reeling and it's going to take a lot, but the season is not dead and, and they can't overcome it in a, a dominant win over um, at the time five and one UCF is definitely the way to do it. Um, but we'll get into more of that in a bit uh, real quick. If you don't already follow us, on social media, you should do so. It's at Purple Haze Podcast on Instagram and at Purple Haze Pod on Twitter. Um, and yeah, without beating around the bush too much, let's get into it because Jake, we got some big news before we get into our uh, UCF recap that happened um, since we last recorded. Um, Raheem Jeter committed to East Carolina, and he is a uh, quarterback who um, had some seriously impressive offers. Um, I, I believe he's, he's a three-star, but he's a high three-star. I think he's got an 86 on 24-7. And, um, th yeah, I mean, he, he's – this is a big-time commitment. This is a commitment that we don't get five years ago, not even close, no chance. So, um, Jake, how, how did you feel? I know we, we spoke when it happened, but how did you feel about the news when you heard? Because, I mean, this is a kid – um, that one, he's at quarterback, 6'3", 220-pound kid out of South Carolina. But, yeah, one, he's at quarterback. Um, and uh, or is he South Carolina or is he Virginia? He is South Carolina, right? Or was he Virginia? South Carolina. Okay. Yeah. I was about to say. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he had offers from West Virginia, Auburn, Georgia, uh, Kentucky, Missouri, Rutgers, Virginia, uh, Virginia Tech, and not to mention, um, you know, some – in conference foes like Temple and Memphis, and I guess soon to be Charlotte, begrudgingly. But anyways, how'd you feel about that, Jake? I mean, this is that was a, <laughs> I'm still reeling off that. That was huge. Yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely huge. Um, something that's been in the works for a while. We've been working on that, and uh, yeah, I was I was super pumped to see that commitment. Um, if you haven't watched uh, Jeter's highlights on on his huddle, you're doing yourself a disservice. He's he's amazing, honestly. Um, and he, he, what, what we really like about him and he's even said it himself is that his high school runs the same style offense that we run here. Um, so he's going to be able to come in obviously next year, 
you know, I don't, I don't want to get too far into next year. And not, but obviously, we love what we have with Mason. Um, but Jeter is not going to have pressure to play next year, but he's going to come in already knowing pretty much the offense. Uh, he said he wants to enroll early, and he's extremely physically gifted, and he's has a really good pocket presence. So that, that's what really impressed me about his film. Um, he, he's just very smart, and you need to be smart to play quarterback. But, yeah, I was, I was pumped to see that, man. He, he's a, yeah, he's a game changer. Yeah, I watched and we we tweeted from our our um, uh, the Purple Ace podcast uh, Twitter account. We retweeted his um, mid season uh, highlight mix and uh, yeah, the the uh, pocket presence was impressive. And what was even more impressive to me was his footwork. I thought it was fantastic for a kid in high school, even though he's a senior, a big time prospect. It was still really impressive. Obviously, the size you love it, the athleticism you love it. Um, he's got a great arm, um, and you know he'll he. He, he's a throw first quarterback, which is my preference, but you know, you know, he can move and uh, that'll benefit him and this offense some too. Um, should by the time he comes in and is playing, our offense still be run by um, Donnie Kirkpatrick, which way that the way that they've been rebounding offensively um, looks like he's not going anywhere. So um, yeah, just some numbers on him his senior year. Um, I believe he's played nine or seven games, set through seven games at least. This is uh, according to Max Preps. Um, so through seven games, he's completed 69% of his passes, thrown um, nine touchdowns, um, two interceptions, uh, QB rating of 121.9, throwing over 200 yards a game. Um, and, and, again, this is high school, so, uh, you know, most teams are – very run heavy i'm sure that he his team you know although watching his film in high school like you said they, they do run a lot of air raid kind of style concepts so that's a, a good thing that he's got that in his pocket already but yeah he's also ran for uh you know he's carried the ball 42 times this year for 180 yards and three more touchdowns so um yeah like i said i mean this is a, a kid who's got versatility um and really uh should be a good uh, scheme fit um, for what we're trying to do, of course, um, granted, we do have Mason Garcia, um, waiting in the, in the, um, what is the phrase? Waiting in the wings, waiting in the wings, not waiting in the wind, but, uh, waiting in the wings. Um, and, and, but then now, yeah, now, I mean, now getting Raheem Jeter coming into it's, um, the, our QB room is in, is in good hands. Um, for the foreseeable future, which is a good feeling because most important position on the field. Uh, other news that we have, um, and this is, you know, pretty much a segue into the UCF recap, but Jare Wilson was um, awarded with the um, Defensive Player of the Week for the American Conference. Um, that he, I mean, he was he was absolutely fantastic. I'm getting ready to pull up some. Uh, numbers here but this is the second time in in two weeks that a a defensive player um for ecu has won the aac defensive player of the week um obviously julius woods last week against memphis was i mean that performance was ridiculous still haven't really gotten over that but uh yeah jara wilson got it this week and, and i mean he was he was fantastic um, really flew all over the field. And Jake, what what is what was your thoughts? Did you do you think that he was? Uh, I mean, there was a lot of guys that really were <laughs> fantastic defensively and all over the field for ECU. But um, 
do you think that the the right guy got the got the honors? Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, Jar Wilson. Uh, I'm trying to see how many tackles he had. I'm pretty sure he was leading the team in tackles. Um, was he? Also had the. Maybe he wasn't. No, Julius I know, Wood. I was, was about to say. I think Julius, Julius Wood. Again, Julius Wood. Was, not Jar Wilson. Jar had the two. Jar only had three. Yeah, I get. Yeah, he, he had. had the, but yeah, he had the recovery. the pick and the fumble recovery. Um, just all over the place all night. Um, he was huge. I mean, he was huge for us on defense and in in what was our best defensive performance that I can really remember. Um, at least against a good team. So, yeah, I definitely think so. He he was phenomenal. Yeah, he played a big role in uh, shutting down, you know, arguably the most high-powered offense that we faced to this point. I mean, the the offensive numbers we talked about them last week were absolutely ridiculous for Central Florida coming into this game, but. Um, yeah, a, a big victory there led by the defense, um, but the offense was great too. But, yeah, Jara Wilson, um, I think he might have had – ESPN showing that Jara had two fumble recoveries. I didn't remember yeah, the second I one. Don't, I don't remember the second one. All right, so we'll take that with a grain of salt because it is ESPN after all. But Jara Wilson had a pick, um, and he at least had one fumble recovery, maybe two. And, um, yeah, he was, he was fantastic. But that, that, that victory over UCF, let's just get into it, man. It puts us at 11-10 and 10 all time over Central Florida. Central Florida has been a thorn in our side, obviously, with us having been um, not at the top of our game since the um, joining of the American Conference. And, and UCF has had their best years, um, you know, over the past seven years or so in, in their school's history. Um, it has been a – rough one for Pirates fans and there's been some heartbreakers but also a lot of blowouts against this Knights team so it was nice to send them off to the Big 12 um, with a big OL right in the middle of their season when they were um, planning on college, looking over as planning on college game day next week um, and you know it, it, expecting to cruise to a uh, conference championship game. Yeah it's, it's always sweet beating UCF um, especially like you said sending them on their way to the Big 12 with an L. Um, I think that's all anyone wanted to do. Um, and, yeah, you would think by hearing UCF fans uh, that the series was a lot more lopsided than it is, but it's also nice to get that win and, and put us, uh, you know, put us back in the winning category and uh, over 500 in the series. Yeah, let's look at some of the numbers on the on the day. We'll start um, with some some team stats. Uh, overall, uh, Central Florida had 426 total yards. ECU actually had 458. Um, so not a giant disparity there for it being a 34 to 13 victory for the Pirates. Um, and and uh, I, I think that's a, a testament to the um, bend but don't break nature of the defense and their ability to force turnovers because it, it's going to be – I mean, I don't think anybody's going to be able to – um, keep the yard totals down playing against the central Florida offense. Um, but it was also an offense that had been really efficient and, and careful with the ball. And, uh, you know, ECU was able to force a, a lot of turnovers. They were able to force uh, four turnovers. So um, that that's a, a testament to this, to this defense. Yes, they've given up um, some big plays, but they were able to, um, you know, take away the big scoring plays. Um, and force turnovers to get our offense back on the field. And our offense was able to just chew clock and dominate the time of possession. Um, time of possession was 35 minutes for ECU versus 24 for um, 
UCF again, like we said, four turnovers to none. Um, penalties were even. It was actually a pretty clean game, just three penalties um, apart. And then the rushing totals were close to ECU basically, um, you know, edged out slightly Central Florida in the passing and um, rushing yards. But getting over to the um, player stats, John Reese Plumley, UCF quarterback, um, who we were coming in and we were, you know, really worried about uh, hurting us with his legs. He um, was not able to do so. He only ran for 38 yards uh, in, on 14 carries. Obviously, some sacks are, you know, stupid college stat. Yeah. I, I don't understand. I'll never understand. Yeah, but anyways, I, don't, I don't get it. But... He wasn't able to run the ball on us. He did throw the ball for 296 yards, uh, but he threw it 37 times um, and threw no touchdowns and, and three interceptions. Isaiah Bowser was solid, but they, you know, went got behind. Uh, fairly big, fairly early on, so they really weren't running the ball that much. He only carried it 11 times. He did score their only touchdown. Um, and he, he's also – his stats are uh, – I, I think his stats look better when you're just looking at it than, than he yeah, actually he played one, because that 30-yard that thirty, yard, yeah. that 30 yard carry, other than that, 10 carries for 33 yards, not really much doing. Yeah, the front seven was fantastic. Um, and, and then, you know, John Reese Plumley spread the ball out well. Um you know, amongst his receivers. There wasn't necessarily one standout guy there. Um, moving over to ECU stats, Holton Ehlers played his best game of the season, in my opinion. And also we looked at the pro football focus grades. They uh, agree, I believe it was his highest grade of the, of the season. Second, um, second, second elite week in a row uh, via pro yeah. football focus for Holton. Yeah. Um, threw for 311 yards, only threw one touchdown pass, but he also ran for a touchdown, and he was just – I mean, he was just nearly perfect. I mean, he didn't make yeah. any mistakes. Um, he was patient. He got rid of the ball when he needed to get rid of the ball. Uh, he spread the ball out fairly well. I know, obviously, he went to CJ a lot. CJ's kind of his comfort zone, but um, it was working. And, I mean, Isaiah got his – Isaiah Winstead got his too, and Ryan Jones got in there too. So, um, just a beautiful game from Holton. Uh, Keaton Mitchell, obviously, there's nothing. I mean, there's nothing. He's the best player in the conference. Um, I mean, I don't say that lightly. I mean, I don't. Can any? Is there anybody else that is? No. I mean, he's, lead, he's leading the no. conference in rushing. He's missed a game in basically a half. Um, it, it's, yeah. I mean, 16 carries, 105 yards, two touchdowns. It, it's just too easy for him. Um, when he hits that next level, he is gone. Um, Marlon Gunn, I thought played well, and he and he's he hold he's been holding up in pass protection really well, which is impressive to me for a true for a true freshman. And then receiver wise, C.J. Johnson, eleven catches, one hundred forty yards, um, one touchdown. That touchdown he scored was beautiful. Isaiah Winstead also had seven catches for eighty nine yards, and like we said, Ryan Jones, uh, four catches, forty yards. So Jake, what do you think of? Uh, well, just give me give me your thoughts as a whole on the numbers. I know we only listed individual offensive numbers, um, you know, and we'll get a bit into um, some standout performances later. But how how do you feel? What, does anything surprise you now after the fact, looking at at how this game kind of panned out from the numbers perspective? Uh, nothing nothing really surprises me. Um, like you said, UCF being close to us in yards. Um, I guess, you know, that could be a little surprising, but the, like you said, the defense that we play then, but don't break, you're going to give up some yards, but we really don't give up points. Um, and, and at the end of the day, that's what you're playing for. So, um, I, I will, uh, 
three interceptions from John Reese Plumley does surprise me, uh, being that he came to the game only having three in all year. And we we have a really good defense, but we haven't necessarily been the best at generating turnovers um, until the past two weeks, <laughs> and we really turned to leave. So, um, yeah, yeah, seeing him, I guess the yeah the things that surprised me were seeing him throw three interceptions and then not really be able to run um, effectively at all. I mean, he had a couple of good runs, a couple the sustained drives, but for the most part, um, we really shut him down. Yeah, I was I was really impressed with that. I said coming in, and you know, I know we both echoed that stopping him, his mobility was going to be huge. Um, and, and this really felt like one of those games where coming into it, uh, it was going to be close no matter what, and and whichever quarterback played better would get the win. That didn't end up being the case. I mean, the quarterback that played better clearly got the win. Holton played much better than John Reese Plumley played, but we it was do- it was a dominant effort. I mean, we beat him in, in every phase of football. So. Um, moving on to the, uh, yeah, well, well, let's do specific matchups. Um, again, th- this, we can't give a so in depth on because we, there's not really, we, we dominated them in every aspect. Um, I will say that I was impressed with our offensive line. Uh, we were able to just stay on the field, man. And that's, that's a big, um, big pat on the back to the O line, not giving up sacks that is, you know, sacks and drives. Um, not being able to establish the run is a good way to end drives. We weren't relying on big plays to win this game like we have had to in the past, and even sometimes this season on our offense when it's stalling on first and second down. Uh, we were dominant, and uh, I think the offensive line played great. I know Justin Red, shout out to him. I saw that highlight of him um, just basically hip tossing the uh, uh, Central Florida defensive end and then rocking the baby in his face. I mean. It, it I, that that's going to be one of my big matchups um, that was key to our victory was our line dominating their defensive line, but everybody played well. I mean, is there, what do you think? Um, do you agree with that sentiment, Jake? Or do you think offensively versus their defense that there was another matchup that you think really um, had them out of sorts? No, I, I completely agree with you um, playing central Florida and only giving up one sack. Um, I mean, that, that's almost unheard of. You know, Central Florida is a really good team. And, yeah, it's – I mean, this game, uh, the offense played really well as a unit, but it starts with the offensive line, and they they did phenomenal. Um, but, yeah, obviously also on the offensive end, just holding – having a master, masterful performance. Um, you know, when your quarterback's that smart and playing that good, um, it's going to be hard for anyone to beat you. Um, but, yeah, no, big shout-out to the offensive line. That was – Two, two back-to-back weeks of some of the best I've seen them play in a long time. Yeah, and it's just that cohesion. I mean, we're getting the same guys out there week after week, and they're they're looking better and better, and we know the ceiling of this group is really high. So it's going to be important in this stretch that we got coming up that they, they keep up the good play. Um, some standout performances. We already talked about the offense. Obviously, Holton um, was fantastic. That was key. Keaton's always fantastic, and our offensive line was great. CJ Johnson, the offense is just different when he shows up, man, and he and he's playing at a high level. And I think that he's doing it more often than not um, this season, uh, which is big. Um, pulling up his numbers on the year, he's got 657 total yards and eight touchdowns. So he, he scored a touchdown essentially every single game this season for the Pirates. Um, he's been really impressive, and I think that uh, – 
he was he was due to have the year that he's having. I hope he can continue it and get over a thousand this year, um, because he he's playing really really well. And when C.J. Johnson's playing well, the Pirates are winning. And when um, the Pirates are winning, C.J. Johnson's having fun. So um, the, I I want to give him a big shout out, Jake. Is there? Um, but, well, how do you how do you feel? I mean, at this point, I guess Isaiah Winstead is still probably the clear number one receiver in the offense. But I really feel like we've got two clear-cut number one receivers and we could be saying the same about Jalen Johnson he's had his injuries and we really want him back but I, I mean I, I genuinely feel like we potentially have the two most talented receivers in the conference oh no I mean I I'm 100% there with you I think we have one of the best um, wide receiver duos in the country um, and like you said you'd want to give a shout out to Jalen Johnson his talent's also there he's just been dealing with the injury bug lately but I mean what a, what a way for CJ and Isaiah Winstead to step up. Um, they had, and I mean, CJ had 140 yards on 11 catches and a touchdown. Winstead seven catches for 89 yards. Um, you know, when when one of your top three guys goes down, that's how you step up. Um, yeah, I, I they're they're just super super fun to watch. And like you said, Winstead, um, obviously he's leading the American in, in receiving yards, but CJ just when he's Anywhere on the other side of the field, um, he's a touchdown threat. And, and then, like you said, eight touchdowns in eight games is crazy, especially in college. Yeah, I mean, and the big thing that is shocking for those guys is that um, – and it's not shocking because I expected it out of them. It's just shocking at how well um, and efficient they're being. But they're, they're, you don't see drop passes. You're not seeing poor routes. I mean, these guys are just consistent every play giving headaches to, to the defense. And uh, with their size and athletic ability, I mean, that's just a nightmare to go up against. But let's move over to the defensive side of the ball. Um, pull up some – let me pull up some of these pro football focus grades that we had. But the defense really dominated. Um, the defense really dominated as a whole. And, and obviously we talked about Jarrah Wilson having a fantastic game and getting American Conference player uh, – defensive player of the week. Um you had um, another 10-tackle game from Julius Wood. Um, I know he didn't grade out as well um, on pro football focus uh, this time around, but he, he played a good game. Uh, Malik Fleming obviously is always near the top. He's just a lockdown corner at this point. I, I saw that uh, Central Florida had one of their uh, media accounts on, on Twitter. I don't remember who it was, but they were – watching film and saying that nothing really stood out that was special about our defensive backs. And uh, I saw that. <laughs> they uh, all shut him down. Yeah, I saw Malik Fleming quoted it after the game and said something. And everybody, was, you know, I mean, what can you even say at that point? He, he was dominant like he has been. I don't really know what film those guys were watching. but um, And then the front seven. I mean, everybody played well. My boy Chandra Mims finally got more snaps, finally. Uh, yeah. I think he had like 31. 31, and, uh, yeah. He was really good. Um, obviously, Elijah Morris was good, too. Um, Dante Johnson, J.D. Lampley. I mean, all these guys. He, he, there really wasn't anybody that had a, a poor game, but um, it, they dominated in every facet. And, I mean, I know they gave up a good amount of yards, but like we said, you're going to give up a good amount of yards to Central Florida. Um, and they only gave up 13 points, and they forced four tor- turnovers. So, um elite elite game from this defense and Blake Harrell's got to be the happiest man alive after that one yeah no definitely I mean <laughs> we said it a million times but um 
yeah, this is just the best, most complete game I've seen us play. And, in, in, you know, I mean, I, since before I could even drive a car. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. And, uh, yeah, I wanted to give a big shout-out to Pre Washington um, stepping in, really kind of has won the past couple of weeks, won that uh, second cornerback, um, second starting cornerback role. And he's just been nothing but phenomenal since he's been getting more snaps. Um, and, and you kind of see that with, like you said, Chandra Mims, Pre Washington, even the freshman J.D. Lampley. Um, anytime these guys get more snaps, they're making the most out of it, and they're always grading towards the top of PFF. Um, it just shows so much how much depth we have. I mean, e- even Michael Edwards, um, the Georgia Southern linebacker transfer, he played 14 snaps and graded inside the top 10 um, on our defense uh, this week. So, um yeah, I, I'd say that's one of the things I'm most impressed with is just our depth and how ready guys are when they come in. Um, it's almost like we can just rotate out and we don't have to worry about missing a beat. Yeah, I, I think the, the defense has definitely been the, the stalwart for this team um, on the season. And, you know, obviously they, they haven't been perfect. They, you know, I, I know the uh, Memphis game was rough, although they a lot of those points came in overtime, but, you know, Memphis game was rough and I know they've had some uh, stumbles like the second half of South Florida but overall they really have been dominant this season and, and been really consistent and, and lifted up our offense in, in times where the offense needed it but um, that game was dominant as a whole um, we can really we can really I, I know that Central Florida is pretending to have put that one to bed but their fans have been crying on Twitter all week um, and I love it I just don't like UCF so um, this what this one was really, uh, really sweet. This was a this was a fun victory. It puts us to five and three overall, three and three and two in the conference. Um, but we do need some stuff to fall our way going forward if we want to have a shot at this conference championship game. Uh, like I said, the Navy game is really going to come back and bite us in the butt. Um, obviously we're going to have to win out in the conference and have some things fall our way, but it's doable. Um. More importantly than that, though, I think this team should really just be focusing um, on this on this game next week against BYU. We've got BYU, then Cincinnati, then Houston, then Temple. I think at this point, every game on the schedule is a winnable game. Um, but obviously, BYU, Cincinnati, and Houston, none of those are easy games. Um, they're going to have to play like they did against Central Florida you know, in, in all of these ones to get victories. But um, looking ahead to BYU, Jake, we play BYU this Friday at 8 p.m. on ESPN2 um, in Utah. Uh, that stadium is, is notoriously tough to play in. Um, I know Mike Houston doesn't believe in elevation, but <laughs> um, I, I think it'll probably be a factor. Yeah, um, I, I do uh, believe in elevation. Um, yeah, yeah, we're joking, obviously, but he, yeah. you know, he did say that he doesn't think that it affects guys' cardio, which obviously um, we disagree with. Nonetheless, it's not enough to where we shouldn't be um, looking at this game expecting a victory. I know we're um, an underdog. We're plus three, so it's it's basic. You know, it's close to a pick'em game. Um, I think that this game is winnable, and I think it's really winnable for a number of reasons. Um, but Jake coming into the season, BYU was the team that we, I, I said it myself. I thought they were the best yeah. team on our schedule. Um, yeah, we, and they we looked both, like it yeah, we both said that. We and said, they, uh, it looked like it, but, um, the past 
few weeks. I mean, the second half of, of their season has not uh, panned out like we thought it would, and there's there's a couple of reasons for that. I know injuries have plagued them, but um, Jake, what do you say? What do you make of BYU's season this far? It's definitely disappointing um, coming in as a top twenty-five team and uh, beating number nine Baylor at the time. Obviously, Baylor's um, not had the season that they wanted to either. Um, but BYU got all the way up to number 12 and then got smoked by Oregon, which, I mean, Oregon's really good. And then getting back on track, uh, beating Wyoming and Utah State. And then past three weeks, just the loss to Notre Dame, loss to Arkansas by a couple of scores, and then getting blown out by Liberty. I mean, I don't think anyone could have predicted this. Even if you weren't as high coming in on BYU as me and Josh were, um, <laughs> this is just unheard of for BYU. Be sitting four and four this late in the year with the, the amount of talent that they have on their team. Um, yeah, I, I don't think anyone could have made that bet. Yeah, I mean, we talked about how they, they essentially brought back their entire roster um, from last season in a season that they were really, really good in. And uh, it just, I don't know. The wheels have kind of fallen off to this point. They're four and four uh, and, and one and two, or that's one and two on the road. Um, I don't know what they're. Uh, let's see. Anyway, yeah, four and four on the season, and um, just playing really, really poorly right now. I mean, they got up to a fourteen to three lead in the first quarter against Liberty, and, and then did not score another point, um, and and ended up losing forty-one to fourteen. Um, I mean, it it was a a nightmare of a game for Cougar fans, um. They they essentially had had uh, Liberty's running back Day Day Hunter, which shout out to that name, run the ball down their throat. I mean, he ran for 213 yards, scored a touchdown. Um, their QB also ran for around 50 yards, and they had another guy, Shadro Lewis, run for 35 yards and two more touchdowns. Um, Jonathan Bennett, the Liberty quarterback, also tacked on to two touchdowns passing. Um, and Jaron Hall was not good for BYU. Jaron Hall is BYU's quarterback. Um, he's had a really good season up to this point, um, but he he was not good against Liberty. Um, I, he threw for 187 yards. Yeah, he didn't turn the ball over, and he threw two touchdowns, but 187 yards on 34 attempts, and he completed 16 of it so, of his passes. So he didn't even complete half of the balls he was throwing. Um, and I believe Jake that they've got some some big time injuries um, that they're dealing with now. Um, do you know the Do you know the names of those two guys? I know they had a running back and a receiver out ruled out against uh, ECU this Friday. Um, I'm trying to pull up that injury report. Yeah, well, I know their leading running back, uh, Chris Brooks, is out. Um, okay, he's ran the ball seventy six. Yeah, he's he's ran the ball seventy six times for four hundred sixty three yards and five touchdowns on the year, averaging six point one yards per carry. Um, behind him, uh, their second. Leading running back only has 165 yards, and then um, Cody Epps is out. He's their leading receiver okay. on the year. Yes. So um, those are two really big blows to uh, a BYU team that already doesn't have a very strong defense and relies on just putting up a ton of points. Um, but when you're l- losing two of your biggest weapons, um, <laughs> definitely definitely helps us in our favor a lot. Yeah, and Jaron Hall obviously is the, he's their quarterback. He's a fantastic player. He's thrown for over two thousand yards on the season, nineteen touchdowns, and three interceptions. Uh, has been sacked eleven times, but 
um, he he's kind of reeling himself. I mean, he's kind of, and, and it's it's no shock, obviously, QB being the most important position on the field. But yeah, his his play is kind of dictated, um, at least as of late, uh, the the record and, and kind of turnaround that um, BYU's seen. He really wasn't a factor in the uh, Notre Dame game that they lost 28 to 23 weeks ago. He only threw for 120 yards in that one. Um, he was really good against Arkansas, but their defense couldn't stop a nosebleed, so they got blown out in that one. And then obviously he was uh, not good last week against Liberty. And um, I think that that's just going to spell, spell danger for him against this ECU defense. Um, we'll see how they handle being on the road and being in a tough environment, but I think that if he doesn't play well, um, BYU's going to have a really, really tough time. Um, and I think that the odds makers are probably really banking on um, Hall having a good game. Um, but, yeah, as far as standout players, like we said, for BYU, it's really Jaron Hall right now um, because Epps is out, their leading receiver, and Brooks is out, who's their running back. Um, they're, they're coming into this one with their backs against the wall, and their season's really, really um, hanging on by a thread at this point at 4-4 four and four, um, with back-to-back-to-back losses. So. Um, Jake, is there, there anybody, there anybody that I'm missing here? I mean, I I think, am I wrong to say that? Am I wrong to say that? I think that their, um, season going forward, especially this game really is just kind of solely on the back of Jaron Hall. Uh, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, obviously they still have some talented players. Um, but yeah, I think right now with their two other biggest weapons on offense out, um, in my opinion, their two other biggest weapons. It's it's really, <laughs> I think Jaron Hall needs to play a phenomenal game, um, or not a phenomenal game. It, depending on how long they're out, Jaron Hall really needs to just play pretty much flawless. Not only not making mistakes, but making some very good plays um, for them to have a season that they would even be happy with. You know, because already with four losses, a lot of their fans aren't happy. But um, yeah, there, there's a lot riding on Jaron Hall, and he, I mean, he is very good. Um, like you were saying, but um, that's a lot on on one player in, in a, on a college football team. Yeah, this is a fun matchup, um, Ehlers versus Hall. It'll be interesting to see. Um, obviously, BYU, like we said, dealing with injuries. ECU, um, I don't know if we're getting Jalen Johnson back um, this week or not. I haven't looked at the – or I did, actually, yes, he was still listed on the depth chart, but he's been on the depth chart the past couple weeks and hasn't played. Um, that'll be huge if we get Jalen Johnson back, but I think this offense has proven that they can be efficient regardless um, and play well. So it's it's a really fun QB matchup. These are the type of games that you really enjoy watching, uh, similar to last week and seeing how they pan out with two really talented QBs coming in. As far as how we match up, um, our offense to their defense, I think we match up extremely well. I don't think that they pose a huge threat to us. I think that if we play clean um, with the way that the line's playing, um, and, and the way that uh, BYU's defense has been playing as of late and how susceptible they've been, especially to the run game, um, which I know is what we're going to want to be doing. I think that if we're just you know careful with the ball and, and focus on winning, winning first down, I think that our, our offense won't struggle. Jake, how do you see our offense matching up against BYU's defense? I, I love the matchup. I think um, the style of play that we play with, um, run, you know, using a lot, a lot of time of possession, run the football. Um, that, that those are things that they have struggled heavily, heavily with. 
Um, even looking the last week when Liberty ran for over 200 yards against them or 300 yards against them actually. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think it's a really good matchup for us um, offensively. I don't think, um, I mean, they're, they're defense, they have some talented players on the defense, but um, yeah, I, I think this is the perfect matchup for us to, to have a game where we can really shine. Yeah, and the key, again, moving over to the other side of the ball, is really going to be how our defense plays. Um, injuries are not this BYU offense has proven that they can be explosive, and Jaron Hall is an extremely talented quarterback. Um, I also want to point out how good their offensive line is. They have a really, really talented and big offensive line, um, and I think that could be trouble for us if we're not able to get home and get pressure. Um, could put a lot of stress on our defensive backs, so. Um, I think that our front seven is going to have to be lights out. They have been good, um, you know, specifically this past week. They were fantastic. Um, but they've been putting up some sack numbers these past couple of weeks, and they're going to have to keep that up and play well um, and, and, you know, be ready for uh, four physical quarters in, in the trenches because BYU's offensive line is going to bring it. Um, and our, our DBs are going to have to play really, really good because they're it's just – uh, the matter of, of fact, I mean, Jaron Hall is going to have some clean pockets with that offensive line that he's playing behind. Is that what scares you the most about their offense matching up with our defense? Uh, just Jaron Hall's presence, honestly. Um, you know, we do play a solid defense. We play a lot of zones to where if he has time, um, there, there's going to be guys open when you're playing zone defense if the quarterback has enough time. Now, a lot of times – um, if, if, if he takes too much time, you can get a sack. But like you said, with their strong offensive line and a very uh, seasoned quarterback who's, who's extremely smart, I think that's what worries me the most is just allowing him to have too much time and, and make decisions and hurt us with, uh, with big plays. Because we, we don't give up a ton of big plays. Um, but when we do, it's, it's because there was just too much time and things broke apart. So... Um, I'm not extremely worried about that, but I'd say that is my biggest worry. Yeah, that's that's my biggest worry too. I think if things fall fall apart for ECU this week, you're going to be looking at it. Um, you're going to be looking at the film and saying, "Man, Jaron Hall had a lot of time um, to sit in the pocket and, and throw the ball." Um, that being said, Jake, give me a prediction. What do you think happens Friday night against BYU coming into the season? What we thought was the toughest game of the year still could prove to be that. Where are you at? How are you feeling? I'm imagining that it's a lot different than how we were feeling early on. Yeah, and honestly, it's a little different than I was feeling even earlier today um, before I saw the injury report. But I got us 31-24. Uh, big win for the Pirates. We're rolling right now. I don't think BYU is a team that's going to stop stop this train. I think we're getting bowl eligibility um, in Provo this weekend on Friday night. Beautiful. Beautiful. I like that prediction. I, I – Feel the same. Again, this was one that I picked us to lose early in the season, but I'm flipping. I reserved the right to do that week to week. Um, and I am saying that we beat BYU on the road. I think we went 34 to 27. Um, I don't think that it is going to be a dominant. I don't think we're going to beat them as bad as, which is weird to say because we're a better team, but I don't think we're going to beat them like Liberty did last week. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how our guys handle flying all the way to the other side of the country and playing on a Friday night on ESPN. But, um, well, I mean, we play on ESPN every week, but you know what I mean? Friday night, primetime game. Um, yeah, 34 to 27. 
Um, I think the uh, I think that you see a similar performance to last week uh, for our offense, and I think defensively, um, BYU is going to have a bit more success than Central Florida did just because of their offensive line play. Um, but ultimately, it won't be enough. The Pirates will advance to six and three, get bowl eligibility. Um, BYU season will we will officially be the team to send them off the rails, um, and I would gladly do so. And uh, once again, um, ECU is going to be a fantastic bet for uh, all you gamblers out there. I would uh, I would just go ahead and straight up take the money line, definitely take the spread. Um, victory for the Pirates. Anything you want to add, Jake? No, I think I think that covers it all. Just super pumped for the game. Beautiful. Should be a good one. Yep. Awesome. Well, there, there you go. Episode 31 in the books. Thank you guys for listening. If you've made it this far, uh, this is going to be going out on the, we're actually putting this out in a couple hours after recording it because we got the Friday game this week. So we'll be putting it out Wednesday night. Um, hope you guys enjoyed. Tell us how you feel um, on Twitter, on Instagram, when you do listen to it um, and be ready to be watching the game. I would, ima- I would say be ready to be there and, and cheering on the Pirates, but I don't know how many Pirate fans are going to be traveling out to Utah for this one. So, um, anyways, keep up with us. We're going to be watching it. We're going to be live tweeting the game. Um, and, uh, yeah, not much else to say besides go Pirates.